0: Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the
1: message, and may God bless you richly through it. Listen to the word of the Lord from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 2 and 14 through 24. And Joshua said to all the people, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Thank you, Paul.
0: There's a line in this passage from Joshua. That maybe you've seen on a, an old needlepoint. I know an outfit or a couple of them that sell plaques to put in your door with a knocker. Has anybody ever seen the ones that say, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord? Or in this house, we serve the Lord, a paraphrase of that. It's a challenge that Joshua put to the people. Now You wouldn't think he'd have to at this point, do you? God had delivered them through the grand exodus from Egypt, had fed them with manna and quail, had watered them with springs literally from a rock, and preserved them for 40 years. And at the end of it, they were told that their their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear off their feet, and their feet didn't even swell from all that walking. Now, because of disobedience, it took them 40 years in the Sinai to get where they were going, and it should have been maybe a week's walk. Well, they disobeyed God and they got there and he's turned them away. Well, now they're arriving. Moses has been lifted up somewhere. No one knows where Moses was laid. So we don't know how that happened. But Joshua, who had served as Moses' chief general, his field marshal, had literally supported him in battle, is now in charge. He says, now... We're going to the Holy Land. We're gonna settle in. Choose whom you will serve. After 40 years, somebody must have still been muttering the names Amun and Ra from the Egyptian pantheon because he had to tell them, put them away. Somebody else must have been looking at the new neighbors and we know that over the years, in spite of this loud protest by the people, and Joshua said, your own words are witness against you this day. We will serve the Lord. The problem is, and I'll leave it to you to study some history. Years ago, I got into it in a Bible study, and it raised a lot of eyebrows, just how colorful the Canaanite fertility cult got. And it seduced away some of the sons and daughters of Israel into some vile and colorful practices. We'll leave it at that, okay? But he says, who are you gonna serve? These Amorite gods, these Canaanite gods, God's back in Egypt, we're gonna serve the Lord, Adonai, our true God of our people. Oh no, Josh, we got it. We're gonna be faithful. We're gonna serve God, no matter how hard it gets. If you read the Old Testament through the Chronicles and Kings, like a roller coaster. Obedience and hardship, get freedom again, obey the Lord for a couple of righteous kings, then either somebody marries outside the people or or thinks that colorful Canaanite worship just looks way too enticing, or whatever kind of evil. It was corrupt government sometimes. Oh, we'll serve the Lord. And Joshua tells him again, if you say this, then put away your other gods. And that's, God had said it already to Moses, and he brought it on the tablets a second time. You shall have no other gods before the Lord, Adonai. He has to remind them yet again. What does it say about human nature? That they still didn't get it for centuries. I think the challenge there for us is do you really like to obey? I know my dog doesn't. A couple of things I can tell her, like treat or ride in the car, she obeys very quickly, or walkie. Um, other things, it's like, Dixie, stay. Nah. You know, Dixie, come back here. Why? You Why? Know, and we rebel against God's word worse we put up other things and say oh i'll become very pious and faithful once i have accomplished this goal once i have achieved this level status bank account i don't know do we put other gods before god the one who frees us as he freed the people from israel uh, from egypt in the exodus So he frees us from sin at the cross. Is that not enough to show a righteous order from our righteous heavenly king? Spoke of Veterans Day, I know how they worded it in the army, I think it was similar in the other services. I haven't got it memorized anymore. But we were to obey all lawful orders of those lawfully appointed above us. Just because somebody had brighter or bit more brass on his shoulder than I had, didn't mean that he or she could tell me to do whatever and I had to obey. It'd be a righteous order from righteous authority. I had people who didn't have the brass try to tell me what to do, and it wasn't the right thing sometimes. But as I told the kids, when, when God the Lord, who, who, who's more If he saved the people in the Exodus and he saved us at the cross, who more rightly appointed, not even appointed, he is, to obey his word? As harsh as that sounds to an American, we're used to being asked to do something. No, our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. Then we get an example. I mentioned Christ as healer. Here we have an example of his healing that would have rattled some of the people of the area, but in the Luke version of this, Matthew and Luke each tell this story, by the way, and as typical of the Gospels, each remember a different detail because Luke tells of Jewish leaders, leaders of the Jewish community, bringing the centurion to Jesus. Now, a centurion, military guys know what that is. That's a master chief petty officer. That's a first sergeant, only more so. Because the Roman legion, a Roman legion was 6,000 soldiers. How do you manage 6,000 foot soldiers? It's hard enough on an aircraft carrier. But the Roman legion was broken into centuries. There's a century, as you might guess by the names, 100 soldiers. The commander of a company in today's army is a young captain. I was in my early 30s when I took command of a company, of 135 engineers, had a lot to learn and learned some of it painfully. But in the Roman military, they're a little wiser than that. They'd take a crusty old warrior who'd survived, whom men would respect, and follow into battle. They didn't pick the wildest warrior, they picked the smartest, sometimes most cautious, but toughest guy they could find. They made him a centurion. So he was like a first sergeant and company commander rolled into one. Mostly first sergeant or, or chief petty officer. Or the Air Force changed their titles. They used to call him a master sar- uh, chief master sergeant. I don't know what they call him now. He's a top NCO, he's got all the experience, he's got the scars, he's got the skills, and people follow him. But he's a Roman, through and through, has to be. He's sworn allegiance to the emperor. And he comes to him, in Luke he's escorted by Jewish leaders and said, come on, you can talk to the rabbi, we know this guy, we know a guy. Lord, my servant, is paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. Much has been made of the word servant because it's doulos in Greek. That word could equally mean slave. We modernize it with servant because it's less harsh a word in our ears. This could very well have been a possession of the centurion, bought and paid for. Roman wisdom, Greek wisdom was if a slave is too aged to work, Or too sickly, sell them off. A Roman citizen had the right of life and death over someone he owned. It was horrible. That's why this country fought a war over it. But my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering deeply, suffering terribly. Lord, Rabbi, he calls him Lord, calls him Master. Do something for this He could have just said, my possession. But instead he cares deeply enough to go to a a foreigner, a teacher of this, this funny faith of these occupied and captured people, and say, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed. Jesus, being Jesus, says, oh, I will come and heal him. Centurion says, you don't need to do that. Two reasons, I know, maybe this is the coaching he got from the Jewish leaders in Luke, I don't know. He says, I know, Rabbi, that my home is not a fit place for you to enter because I am unclean in your faith. It was illegal under Jewish law for Jesus to enter a Gentile's home, let alone a Roman. He says, no, you you don't need to come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. That very phrase, only say the word and I shall be healed, is ensconced in the liturgy of another Christian tradition. Said every Sunday. Still, by the replies and the prayers. And he goes on, I'm a man under authority too. I know what it is to take orders. I know what it is to give orders. I say go, they go. I say come, they come. You must have been a respected centurion He didn't say he had to remind them or check up on them. He could trust his soldiers. They must have trusted him too. He says, you don't need to come physically, Lord. Just say the word. Jesus marvels, he says, among the people of Israel. Now, hearken back a bunch of centuries. The people who promised we will serve the Lord and him we will obey. Jesus says, I've not found this kind of faith among the people who made that promise. He understands the authority of God. In a way, the centurions obey the rules by saying, I know, Jesus, you can't come into my house. And Jesus says that this is the kind of faith we need to have. To the centurion, he says, go home let it be done for you, what did he say? Not as you have asked, not as you have begged, not as you have petitioned, let it be done as you have believed, believed in me which is believing in God. And the servant was healed before the centurion could even turn around and go home. People who were attending to it must have reported when the centurion got back, he must have told somebody who told the disciples that got written down that at that moment, not when us censuring their back, was a servant healed. Wow. I talked about obedience. Now I can talk about trust. What kind of trust and confidence are we called to have? In a teacher? A savior? The Lamb of God? I've had comments from a couple of you about some of my favorite neckties. I should have worn one today. They have many, many names of Christ on the necktie. How many ways, hearing a story like this? One who was not righteous under Jewish law, he was righteous in his faith, as we said a couple of Sundays ago, made right in God by our faith, which is a gift of grace, The centurion had that gift. He had that trust. And this servant, whatever his status was, the centurion cared about another human being of lowly status enough to come to this foreign rabbi and say, my servant can be healed if you say so, Lord. We can be obedient to our Lord because he shows us how much faith and trust we can put in him. The very purpose of our gathering this morning is worship, which means to give worth to, to the, acknowledge the worth of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.